If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, let the game begin. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my luck. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh. And Noel. Right here on Radio Free. Free. The operative word. Free. Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, Daddy-O, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noldenine, come together once a week over a single topic, and from said topic, we give you an enormous amount of ideas on how to get incredibly rich incredibly quickly. We don't ask for any money up front. We don't ask you to take the one idea that we have and try to make it fit you. We are pret a porte. We are ready to wear. We are not you coming in and saying, I like that so much. Do you have a size that fits? And we go, no, we don't, but just buy it anyway, make it fit. And then you have to dye it and get liposuction and get plastic surgery and then, and even then, it's still a skosh too tight. Nope, that's not the way we work, my friends. We give you the ideas, you take it, you get incredibly rich. And then once you're rich, and only once you're rich, do we think, believe, hope that you will find it within your heart to pay it backwards, as some might say. And by that, I mean what, Noel Deneen? By that, you mean after you're crazy rich, after you are a player among players on the world stage, you say, hey, I didn't get here by myself, and I didn't have some idea shoved down my throat that I had to do. No, like, like the prince in Cinderella. I had a shoe, and I found the perfect bride that fit. And that bride is Josh and Noel. I owe them 10% of everything I made while I got rich. I need to tithe them is what I need. That's right. You give us 10%. That's all we ask for. You can call it a tip. And I think a cheap tip at that 10% is not a high, is not a high number tip. It's a crap tip. If you were going to a restaurant and you tipped your server 10%, they would go back and complain about you to the other waiters. Next time you come in, they'd spit in your food. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Ah. They might do that at zero if you gave them zero. Okay. So we might spit in your ideas. Mm-hmm. But we wouldn't spit in your food. No, in your food for thought. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what it is, guys. Uh, you know, this is our original idea. You know, it's been stolen by other people on the internet. Yeah. That aren't us, that Daniel were pretty Alley. sure listened to us. We help make them as big as they are. Oh. And now they're stealing our ideas, too. Yeah. I'm not going to name any names, Daniel Alley, but no. you know who you are, Daniel Alley. <laughs> but I'm certainly not calling Daniel Alley out and challenging him to dare. I dare him. I'm certainly not daring him to a fight to on our program. 
What did you say? To a fight. No, not a fight. Huh? Well, a, a, a fight a fight of ideas. Okay. Where financial schemes are our swords, our epes. That's right. I don't want to say that this is a challenge, Daniel Alley, but you take it for what it is. That's right. The gauntlet has been tossed. That's right. And Noel and I will each fight you with half of our brains tied behind our backs, so it's still one <laughs> against one. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, Noel. Anyway. It's been a little while, my friend. It has. It's been a few days. Been a few days. Yeah. Not much going on in my life. No. What's going on with you? Uh, you know, Nigel. Nigel's going on in my life. Uh, What's going on in your life? He'll he, be going on in your life every day for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, it's kind of all-consuming at this point, right? Because uh, he's got a tight schedule and a, and a, a quickly repeating schedule, right? It is basically get up, get changed, eat, play for not very long, go to sleep, wake up. Ad infinitum, right? He plays a little bit now. What do you call playing? Uh, well, it depends, right? Sometimes uh, you, there's tummy time that you got to do with them. Uh huh. What's tummy time? Tummy time. You put a little blanket down on the ground, or you could do it on the bed if you want. And you put them on their stomach, oh, okay. and you kind of get down there too, and you just talk to them. And they, it's really a workout for them, right? Uh, it strengthens their neck and their arms and stuff. And they basically get better at, at pushing up off the ground. Uh, Nigel is Olympic level tummy time. Oh, my God. That guy I've warned you about. What else is there for play? You know, sing to him, run around with him, uh, talk to so him. What is you guys entertaining him? Sometimes it's entertaining. But sometimes... He has this chair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got this chair, and I've mentioned it before. There's animals that hang down over the chair. Mm-hmm. There is a, a tiger mm-hmm. and an elephant. And the, the, the elephant's got little uh, pieces of plastic underneath that kind of you shake it and they clatter together. And the tiger has like a little mirror ball almost thing underneath that one side of it is like a panda and it's got little balls that make noise and the other side is a mirror <laughs> the panda's balls make noise <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um at first when we at first when we put him in the chair we didn't have the animals on and then uh, nan thought it'd be a good idea let's put the animals on and he didn't even notice them and then it's like one day you could see the moment where he discovered these things and became entranced with them. Uh, You know, you may complain that I send you a lot of pictures, but I think I held back sending the series of pictures of him falling in love with these little animals and just, like, looking at them and having, like, a series of different uh, emotional reactions. My issue is not that you send me a lot of pictures. I don't mind getting a lot of pictures. I like seeing your son. He's adorable. He's cute. I am concerned with the amount of pictures you take of him with the fact that you are photographing this kid mm-hmm. daily. And it, not just daily. Daily is one thing. But this kid has had a camera stuck in his face. Mm-hmm. It seems 24-7. No, 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 no. You know what? Uh, it's usually when we, only... When we were with you the other day. Uh-huh. Well, that was different. We were on an outing. 
Oh, is that is so outings he gets? It he gets it's particularly. You're getting him used to the fame he's going to receive and having to deal with the paparazzi. Exactly. Exactly. Normally, the camera is really only out uh, maybe ten minutes a day. Okay. Right. It. It. I. Those pictures I have are all in short little bursts where I'm just like ding, 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 ding. You look cute. The light looks good. Let's do this. Um, I'll do that maybe once or twice a day. Um, That's how you picked up Nan, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, you get to see he now has a full-on relationship with these animals. They're his buddies. They're his friends. Uh-huh. Um, and... At first, he kind of gave them equal time, and then he was all about the tiger. The elephant might as well not exist. Um, and there's been a recent development uh, that I thought maybe at first was just a funny thing that happened, but this is now a thing. The tiger is his friend. And he will look at the tiger and smile and coo and talk and, you know, look like the tiger just said something interesting to him and lots going on here. And he'll look at the elephant and crab at the elephant. He'll just be like, the elephant. And then look back at the tiger and be like, oh, goo, 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 right? And then back the elephant just, and it's to the point where you could uh, get a a shot of him with a neutral face and just by which direction he's looking, I could tell you what his mood is like, Mm -hmm. right? If he's looking at the elephant, he's grumpy. If he's looking at the tiger, he's in a good mood. You think he's talking shit about the tiger to the elephant? He he might be. He might be. Uh, but uh, I was talking politics with someone today, and I realized this little kid hates the elephant. Mm. He hates the Republicans, as you say. Mm-hmm. The grand old party. He hates them. I'm, I was never more proud of something I made up and, and gave as a something this kid does. Than I would have moment. liked it better if you told me that there was uh, uh you should get him a donkey. Yeah, we should. I, w- I would like to see that. And then see how he, how he deals with the donkey and the elephant. Maybe he'd be like that squid that predicts, predicts uh, soccer games. The octopus you mean? Yeah. The octopus. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if he'll, predicted or not but you know he'll let us know what his feelings are yeah he will i'm inclined to believe that you know he's all nicey nice to the tiger because the tiger's cool looking Mm -hmm. but that he's really doesn't like the tiger and then he goes to the elephant who is kind of a nerd and behind the tiger's back he's talking shit about the tiger to the elephant maybe i'm gonna tell you if i were just by looks of these two animals I think the elephant is much cooler looking. Huh. The tiger's kind of lame, in my opinion, the way it looks, but Nigel loves the, like, it's, it's seriously his friend. They're, they're friends. That's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. I wonder how he'd do with a lion. 
Uh, probably great, I think. Probably. And then when when he starts crying, I can stop him if he's in the chair by grabbing the lion and just going like, rawr, 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 like rawr. and he's 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 back in it to win it. Talking, joking, joking, regaling. You guys, uh, you know, when you guys are lying down together. Mm-hmm. And you're having a conversation. What do you guys talk about? This is always one of my things with having a kid uh-huh. was I always wondered, what would I talk to my kid about? I don't have a lot to talk, despite what it seems like on this show. I generally don't have a lot to talk about in my life. Well, you know, uh, it depends. They don't really know what anything is. So sometimes I'll explain what things are. Um at the end of the night, I usually give him a bit of a recap of his day, you know, like, his oh, day. yeah, of his day. So, you know, you took a nap, you went for a walk, you heard that big, loud dog, uh, things like that. Um, yeah, I'll give him a little recap at the end of the day. It's going to be funny when you do that to him when he's like 17. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, Nigel, remember that doggy? No, you're going to be like, and today you woke up late and I yelled at you and you made it to school, but you were late. And then Miss Snodgrass got angry at you because you didn't do your homework. Mm -hmm. And then you went out with your friends and I tried to find you so I could know what you were doing to recap to you today. Yeah. But you wouldn't let me know where you were. And then you had dinner and we hugged and everything was fine. There you go. As long as it ends like that. Mm-hmm. And then he'll go, I hate you, Dad. <laughs> he probably will. There's probably a period where that's going to happen. You, Dad. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's no, it's, no, it's no indication. I think that's the thing that parents need to re- realize is that their child hating them is not any indication of, of, of how they are as people. Just means they want to leave the world a better place than they came into. That's right. Exactly. Well, no, yeah, I can't really swing this one around to what the topic is today. Really? Other than, you know, jungle cats? Yeah. Okay. I mean, one's an actual jungle cat and the other isn't. Uh-huh. But he is king of the jungle. Because yes. today's topic is, Noel Deneen. Today's Deneen. topic is lions, how to roar your way to the top. Lions and tigers and elephants. Of the oh financial my. sphinx. What? Of the financial sphinx. Maybe oh, that's the, what we should call this one, a, a finance episode. All right. So how are you getting rich with elephant? Uh, with- <laughs> <laughs> we don't get rich with that stupid elephant. Uh, how are you getting rich with lions, Noel? Uh, I'll tell you. Right? Um, so uh, do you ever see the movie uh, Cat People? Uh, a million years ago. Well, because it came out a million years. Well, actually, there was an old, old one, and then it got remade. I know the Susan Sarandon one. Yeah, I think that's the one, right? Oh, no, eighties. Yeah. Um, Bowie in that too. Part yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Um. Well, it turns out that that is based on a real thing. Uh, there's something called um, it's good. It, 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 when I found it, it was like they called it this, and then they, and then the, from that point, they never used that name again. They just called it something else. So uh, it's called what I when I'd first seen Phantom Cats. 
Um, and well, why don't you explain what Cat People is about for the people who haven't seen it since it was a movie that came out going on 40 years ago. Yeah, it was basically just about these uh, almost like werewolves, but they're cats. Um, phantom cats. Or, uh, as they're more commonly known, except for the title of the article I read, uh, <laughs> but then everything else I found almost, not everything, uh, there's two other names that I found. Uh, they're very commonly called alien big cats. Alien big cats. So, so there's not like a, uh, there's not a word like lycanthropy, right? No, so- I didn't find anything that actually called them that. Uh, but there was a lot of talk of that of because the, everything I read was like phantom cats, alien big cats. Whenever they called them alien big cats, uh, then they just called them ABC. Uh, are uh, a thing. Here's the different explanations for it. One was lycanthropy. One was uh, the escaped cats from um, British lords. British nobility had their own private zoos often. Uh, But but a lot of the lore all goes back to uh, lycanthropy. Right, so ABCs isn't lycanthropy specifically uh, uh, dogs, right, or wolves? No, I think it just means um, part they they turn into a different animal. I think is what the meaning of that is. Um, and if not, maybe that's why they didn't use the word so much. Maybe maybe there's no real good word for it. Um, but the other thing they were called, like I hinted at when I said. Uh, they're often, some people think that they're escaped from the zoos of British nobles. Um, this is something that has been reported elsewhere in the world, but by far the UK dominates reports of the ABCs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw one report of of where in Britain they're reported. There's thousands of reports of these, of sightings. Is it all over Britain or is yeah. it just... Rural, in- mostly rural Britain. Uh, so it's no surprise that they're not just called alien big cats, ABCs. They're also often referred to as British big cats, BBCs. Um, and... Uh, there's, as I said, there's a lot of speculation about them. I find it interesting that they're named after uh, television television stations. Sure. BBC. Well, British Big Cat, BBC. Yeah, BBC. Mm-hmm. And ABC, American Broadcasting well, that's true. Company. Yeah, 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 that is true. I didn't even think of that. Broadcasting Company. Um, <clears throat> so... The speculation about them is not just where do they come from, right? Uh, where, as I say, if you get into the the people that are really into them, they pretty soundly come down on the side of they are um, people that turn into these cats, big cats. That makes sense. Where cats, we'll call them. Uh, we'll call them PBCs. All right. Uh, and... 
Um, there's also some uh, back and forth about what types of cats there are, right? Some people say they're leopards. Um, they're, they're, they're across reports across the spectrum of big cats. Um, but I thought to myself, uh, why are they so big in Britain? Right? And it came to me, uh, what is, who's the, who is the greatest king in British history? Arthur? No, 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 no. <laughs> real one. Uh, Arthur was a real king. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, well, seems fake to me. Um, Richard the Lionhearted. Okay. Right? Um, if anyone doesn't know who he was, he was king of England, actually born outside of England, uh, spent most of his life outside of England, seemed. There's reports that maybe he didn't speak English. Really? Yeah, because the nobility at that point only spoke French. That's interesting. Yeah. Was, a, he bo- was, was he born king of England or was he married into it? No, he was born uh, and then became. Uh, but I believe he was born and raised in Normandy. Um, he uh, was the leader of the Third Crusade um, and, and basically single-handedly did all these things. Right. There's reports of, uh, you know, somehow he just got into this wall at night. Uh, things like that. Right. There's a lot of talk. Uh, he also was uh, a very early member of the Knights Templar and not only a member, uh, he found them in tatters when he got to uh, the uh, what what they call it? The Levian. What, what was it called? Levain. Levain. Was that the area? Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. But I know what you're talking okay. about, but I don't know the actual uh, word. We're, we're talking basically uh, the area between, uh, say, maybe Syria and uh, Israel, or and Jerusalem, basically, right? Or Right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Knights Templar actually were founded themselves to protect that area and to allow free passage for the crusaders back and forth. Um, But they were in tatters. They were shattered. Uh, This group that we know as the Illuminati, who uh, really, really uh, became the the rulers of the world and the, the key to the seat of power in anywhere in the world, um, were in tatters until Richard the Lionhearted came along, joined them, built them up, and they were eternally grateful. Um, he is the reason that there is the lion on the British coat of arms. And there's a lot of talk amongst <coughs> the uh, people in the know that he was an alien big cat. Probably the first of the British big cats, BBCs. So he's why it got so big in Britain, right? You think all BBCs are basically, they all come from Richard the Lionhearted? I think so, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, I, uh, you know, there's a real tie here between strong, strong power and BBCs. That just sounded dirty. Because I, I think knowing your porn history, uh-huh. you know what BBC is also an acronym for. British Big Cats. <laughs> so I looked up. I looked up. My thought was, you know, <clears throat> first thought, of course, is what do you want to do? You want to catch a British Big Cat, right? All right. So I looked up on the Internet uh, for uh, rural Britain where to find BBCs. Uh, there were a lot of results. There was a lot of results. Uh, mostly it, it points to uh, you can find them, uh, a plenty it sounds like, in rest, in rest stops, forest preserves, uh, usually near the bathroom it seems. Uh, it seems like rural Britain is littered with BBCs. And they are there for the taken. Uh-huh. Uh, so first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to Britain. You're going to go to rest stops, forest preserves, hang out near the bathrooms. You're going to catch yourself a BBC. Yeah. Right. And what are you going to do with it? Right. Uh, well, of course, you're going to sell it to someone who wants that key to power. Yeah, of course. Right? Who? Who, though? Right. Well, I'll tell you who. Uh uh, a little bit of uh, hackers out there have uh, have discovered, have found that I'm just going to give two examples of people with massive power within this country. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who would who would want to buy these from you? Um, it turns out very pro family. Lindsey Graham, Mike Pence, their internet history apparently has so much of them searching and searching and searching for BBCs. So clearly you've got a market, right? So you're going to go, you're going to go to rural Britain. You're going to go to these rest stop stop preserves. There, there was talk about how you can catch them too. Uh, You, you basically find a place to sit. You sit there with a wide stance, uh, uh-huh. and eventually uh, they'll come to you, and you get them. And then you you uh, you can sell these to Lindsey Graham. You know, I, I got to say, there's a lot of talk about Mike Pence and Liz, Lindsey Graham saying that they're anti-gay. Uh-huh. You know, that's not what they're all about. They're they're anti-lesbian, anti-women, anti-bisexual. They're they're not just anti-gay. Okay, so let's get that straight. Uh, But anyway, uh, and they're not covering up anything. They will want to buy these BBCs as their internet history has proven. Um, Right, and and just for example, what are you what are you going to do? What what can they get you? Right, it's not the money. It's not the money. Uh, What is it? It's the access. right? Right, they hold sway over. Major, major industries. Uh, Mike Pence, uh, 
I don't know. I guess you can get in the pray away the gay industry if you want to open one of those up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't find my Lindsey Graham fact sheet, but but he I know in aerospace he was real big. Um, in pharmaceuticals, okay. uh, there's all sorts of industries that if you want a huge leg up. Yeah, a big leg up. A big leg up. Lindsey Graham uh, will provide that for you. You're going to be so women in cash in no time. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, by just finding the BBCs, uh, giving them to Lindsey Graham, Mike Pence. They're thirsty for them. Um, and and they'll, uh, you know, you, you scratch their back, they'll scratch yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well... I never thought that they would be so interested in cats. Apparently, they're huge into them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big British ones. Big British cats, yeah. Cats, yeah. Well, Lindsay, I mean, I'm curious how Lindsay's going to feel about big British cats post-election. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. He's facing someone who may very well be a big British cat. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? This guy, Jamal Bowman. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I hope it's a fight to the finish. I do, too. I do, too. Well, that is uh, a great one, Noel. (laughs) Wow. Big British cats. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go in a different direction. Oh, okay. Yeah, that has more to actually do with lions. <laughs> Mine has a lot to do with lions. It does. It does. Uh, <laughs> I like that you did a uh, you did you did a, a search for BBC in rural Britain. Yeah. Well, how to find? Yeah, how to find? Yeah. I'm sure it gave you a lot of suggestions. There was there was an um, shocking amount. Yeah. You, who would have thought? Yeah. That so many people saw BBCs in rural London in rural England. I know. You wouldn't think they would be that prevalent there, but apparently they are. Apparently they are. Um, so I don't know. Do you know much about the ecosystem in Yellowstone Park? No. All right. Well, back in the 30s, uh, 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 they killed off all of the gray wolves in Yellowstone. Okay. It got to the point where uh, it had gotten so bad for ranchers that they demanded that the Gray wolf be murdered, killed off to save their livestock. And uh, at that time, thinking the gray wolf was just a nuisance and nothing more than, they said, okay, we'll do it. And they allowed ranchers to hunt indiscriminately. Uh, Rangers would go out and hunt. And in doing so, without realizing it, they changed the entire ecosystem of Yellowstone Park. Really? Yeah. They realized this. This was learned back when they reintroduced uh, gray wolves in 1995. Uh, At that time, there was only one beaver colony in the park. Uh, At this point now, today, the park is home to nine beaver colonies with plenty more a coming. Cool. The reason of this is because what happened was uh, that the number one predator of the elk in Yellowstone were the wolves. 
And when the wolves were gone, the elk suddenly weren't moving as often as they were. They weren't going, following the same routes that they were following. They were staying put. They would occasionally get caught by grizzly bears. There were cougars too, sometimes coyotes. But an enormous amount of predatory pressure was taken off of the elk. And so the elk populations did really well. Mm -hmm. And it got so heavy, they got so to be so many that they pushed the limitations of uh, 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 Yellowstone's capacity to contain that many elk within their borders. Uh, they didn't move around much in the winter. Um, and they browsed heavily on young willow, aspen, and cottonwood plants. Now, the thing was, beavers needed willows to survive in winter, right? Um, and between the beavers that were there and were slowly dying off and the elk, what was happening was, is that the willows wouldn't grow enough between the the intense browsing and uh, 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 the cutting down of trees, the willows sort of grew quickly, but they didn't grow high, mm -hmm. right? They would get eaten away really quickly. And so the beavers couldn't stick around and they all left or died. Um, once they reintroduced the wolf, the elk suddenly had to, to keep on moving because of the pressure. So they didn't have the time to, to intensely browse the willow um, in the winter time, And the willow stands recovered. And beavers started coming back because they rediscovered they had an abundant food source that hadn't been there for the past 70 years, mm -hmm. 60 years, whatever it is. I guess 60 years. Um, so they started building new dams, new ponds, creating more cascading effect on the rivers um, storing water for recharging the water table. This is what the damming that the, the beavers do do, uh, providing cold shaded water for fish. Um, the now big robust willows, uh, provided habitats for more birds and songbirds. Um, and I thought to myself, that's really interesting. At this point today, when you look at the African veldt, <clears throat> The lion is like the wolf. There were, I think, something like 2,000 years ago, there were a million, over a million. They, they seem to think there were over a million lion in the world. Um, something like 100 years ago, there were 200,000. And now they think that in Africa, which is the only place you can really find them now, there, were, there are about three to 400. Right. And they're being hunted like crazy. See, what happens when you hunt lions and everyone wants a big male mm -hmm. is when you kill the big male, mm -hmm. the pride falls apart. Yeah. And when the pride falls apart, that usually means death for all the animals in the pride. So slowly but surely, the African lion, the king of the jungle, even though they're on the plains, um, is dying out. And when they die out, they're going, the whole ecosystem on the African plains is going to change because the lions create an entire ecosystem for the scavengers, right? As hunters, the, anything that's left behind, you have all the vultures eat it, the hyenas eat it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I thought about what happened with the gray wolf, and I have two ideas here.
I have one idea is, do you remember there was a guy in uh, 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 Harlem who had Ming the tiger mm-hmm. in his five room apartment? Yep. And he raised the tiger from a cub right up to, he also had an alligator, a crocodile, I think, and something. And, and bunch of stuff. A whole menagerie, right? Yeah. Well, I think we're going to start a lion repopulating center in apartments in urban areas around the United States of America. Okay. So that's one thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. with those re- lions that you're going to repopulate, you're going to repopulate the African veld, which, you know, you're just going to do for the sheer joy of it. But I think what you're going to do to sort of make this work is you're going to also, because it did such great work for the ecosystem in Yellowstone, is you're going to release lions in Yellowstone. Okay. And then instead of shooting the gray wolves, people are going to want to hunt the lions. These lions aren't going to have prides. Mm-mm. They're going to be rogue lions running around. Yeah. You're going to charge buku bucks for these hunters to bag a Yellowstone lion. Yeah. And that's really it. That's, that's the idea. That's huge money. Yeah, huge money. Guys like Lindsey Graham and Mike Pence. Yeah. You know, they want to be the BBCs. Yeah. They don't want to they don't want any other cats to take over for them. They're going to want to go out there and hunt them. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's it. That's what I got. Yeah. No, it's good. That's good. You guys uh if you're like, "Hey, I know where I'm going to get rich from all these ideas, but I can't wait that long to give Josh and Noel some money. Don't worry, you don't have to. We got you covered." You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel show page, hit the sponsor button, and half the money you sponsor will go to Josh and I. Half the money will go to Radio Free Brooklyn, and you're a superstar. Everyone loves you. Uh, If you're like, no, I hate lions or some crap like that, uh, don't worry. You can insult us in the way that will hurt us most, which would be go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And right there from the main Radio Free Brooklyn page, if you hit the sponsor button, none of that money will go to Josh and I, not a nickel. All of it goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. You get to leave a note saying, those guys are jerks or some crap that you would write. Um, You get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 organization. You get to know that you helped support community radio, helped support the arts. You did a good deed anyway, even though you were a jerk to us. Um, If you want to help support in other ways, you can... Uh, download the app, iOS or Android. Uh, you can listen to the station live on it or get all the archives of all the shows. Um, you can subscribe to the newsletter. And one thing we're pushing right now is if you buy anything on Amazon, which you do, uh, you can put us in as your Amazon Smile recipient and a small piece of everything you buy, not a nickel extra goes out of your pocket, but Amazon will donate a little piece to Radio Free Brooklyn. It's not much, but if enough people do it, it adds up. So uh, there you go. You know, uh, every week we have a topic. This week it's Lions. And from that topic, we give you so many ways to get crazy rich. Not enough for Josh. He's like, no, I need more, need more. So he finds a little space in the show here where he slides another little topic for another way to get rich. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. You see, sex is used for three reasons. Pleasure, 
procreation, and performance. But so many people use this power incorrectly by either having sex with the wrong people or lusting after those that they can never get. You see, my friends, if you understand the importance of sex, you're going to know that sexual energy must be expressed. In other words, nobody on this earth can bottle up their sexual energy and not put it into use. And that's why there's so many people who've been convicted of sexual crimes. Now, every single person in this world has sexual power. Some have a lot, some have a little. But what really matters is how you use your sexual power to produce righteous results in your life. But what I'm here to tell you right now is that you need to control your sexual power. You need to transmute it to accomplish your highest goals in life. If you continue to live with your animalistic thoughts and you put your sexual power toward things that will kill you, then you will never be able to serve your highest purpose in life. So there you go, guys. Harness your sexual power to serve you. He just says things. Like he does. He's really getting out of his lane, though, these days. Okay. Like, you know, the whole tithing him is a Christian thing to do. He's writing a book on Christianity. Maybe he's trying to start a cult because that sounded like a uh, a wink, wink, hey, who wants some? I think yeah. he's putting it out there. Yeah. Well, you think he's putting out, he's saying that he's got high sexual energy? Yeah. I like that he equates high sexual energy, bottled up sexual energy with sex crimes. <laughs> Yeah, he's... I didn't leave in the part where he listed all of the sex crimes. Oh, thank, thank you, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, but Daniel is really—he's really going a little off the rails. I feel like. That's right. Anyway, Noel. Anyway, Leons, Leos, Leos, lions. How are we gonna get rich with them? I'm gonna tell you right now. Lions have always been. A symbol of strength and power, right? Always. Uh, the things I read actually couldn't even, didn't know where to start, right? You got the Sphinx. You got, as I said, the British coat of arms. Uh, everywhere that people knew about lions, they uh, used them as, as these symbols. We got two of them in New York City, Uh the New York City Public Library, the main one. Mm -hmm. You know their names? Yes, I do. Uh, they are Patience and Fortitude. And do you know why they were named Patience and Fortitude? Why? It was named in the 30s to describe traits of New Yorkers during the Depression. Oh. Right? Uh, mm. Great symbol. We love it. Uh you know, that was the Great Depression. Uh, but I think really soon we're going to be calling that one the first Great Depression, right? GD1, uh, and we're entering into GD2. Uh, and not only are we entering into GD2, but we're doing so in a pandemic uh, with a, a lot of emotional, physical uh fatalities the, the, there's a massive toll being waged on 
society in general, and it really seems, at least at the beginning, on the offset, New Yorkers in particular, right? So what we need in New York, we need money. We need something that's going to bring in money. Uh, We still need to stay away from each other, uh, but we need patience. We need fortitude more than ever. How can we get all that uh, in a way that's going to bring us money? Um, Another thing, kind of related to what you were talking about before, um, I don't know if you've read this, but they're expecting the New York rat population to go crazy. <laughs> Why? I th- uh, go ahead. Because they're in turf wars. The rats are now in major turf wars because they don't have enough restaurant food. And then uh, even though there's not enough food, you'd think that's going to cull the population. Right. I was under the impression they were eating each other. Uh, yes, but, but not in a, I'm so hungry, I'm going to eat my neighbor. It's, uh-huh. We need to expand our turf. Oh, I see. And so we once need to they've done soul. that, uh, there's less worry they have of their natural predators themselves. Uh, so rat population is expected to spike, right? So another thing we need to take care of here. Um, so I thought, uh, first thing I thought about was, what if we had like, a running of the bulls, but with lions in New York, uh-huh. right? Uh, we could let lions go in the street. Um, they only need 18 pounds of meat a day, which if the rat population, they could just help keep that in check, right? And you might think, well, it sounds like a lot of people are going to get maimed. No, they're not. Uh, it turns out New York City would be a fantastic place to be able to run away from a lion. Reason being, lions can't turn when they run. Lions can only run in a straight line, and lions can't turn their eyes. They have to turn their whole head to to look around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're being chased by a lion, uh, you can dart across a busy street, Lion's not going to be able to do that. Uh, You can just, you know, uh, in a lot of New York, the blocks are pretty short. Uh, So you you can just turn corners. You're going to lose the lion. Uh, You just better hope you get to that corner quick. You better hope you get to that corner quick. So this is... Short bursts can go up to like 55, 60 miles an hour. Short bursts. Um, So this is what you're going to do. You're going to get these lions... Uh, they're going to be patience and fortitude brought into flesh. You're going to put them downtown New York. They're going to help cull the, the booming rat population. And you are going to have occasional running of the lion events. Um, they're all going to start downtown where the streets, the blocks downtown, very small, very small. 
rarely would you have to run more than a couple hundred feet to turn. Mm-hmm. As the race progresses, you know, you're you're running away. You can't take it anymore. Fine. Dive into a bar and, and you're out. Uh, as the race progresses, it goes uptown more where suddenly you start getting long avenues, right? You get stuck in a long avenue. You better be a good runner to get away from that lion. As yeah. it goes up further, you get Central Park. You, you've really got the creme de la creme who are still in the race at this point. Uh, and and so it, the amount of money that'll bring in is huge. The amount of swag, just like swagger, swagger, I guess you could call it. Yeah, like the way it should be pronounced. We'll call it swagger because it sounds more money. Um, is huge, right? What? Who's more tough than New York? We run from lions. We got lions in the streets. Right. Yep. Uh, right now we need to be keeping off the streets as much as we can. Put a couple lions out there. Might help. Um, it, it certainly will help the loitering in the streets. You're not going to loiter. You won't have to worry about those people standing in the alleyway behind your apartment. Yeah. Being loud. No, they'll be. They'll, they'll be like. We can go outside, but we better get where we're going because we don't want to hang out and just be lunch for a lion. You go out, you go where you're going, you go back in. Um, huge money fits the brand. Uh, it will make New York even more appealing to a lot of people for when this does go down uh, because they were like, They'll, they're so tough, they not only kick some Corona butt, early on after taking a few punches to the head. Uh, but then they let lions go on the street. New York tough is true. Yep. Right. Uh, there'll be a lot of money in there. A lot of branding, uh, a lot of opportunity. Yeah. You could have the lions wear like, uh, 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 brands on them. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't want them just to live solely off the rats on the street, um, cause you want them fed a little more just to make sure they're not just munching people. Um, you can highlight on, you know, New York one every day or something, a different restaurant that's for the day they give them their 18 pounds of meat and you could show like, Oh, you know, this is Wohop and let's take a tour of Wohop. Here's a little history of them. And here they are giving 18 pounds of, you know, general Sal's chicken to the lions. Look at them eat. It's funny you use Wohop in the same story as as rats. <laughs> I remember going to Wohops once. This guy that I worked with, his father was one of the original owners of Wohops. Uh-huh. And his uncle still owned it. And he used to take us down there to eat all the time. And we'd roll down there sometimes. This is when I was bartending. We'd roll down there sometimes at 3, 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd leave. And it was right when... The, the, you know, we'd leave it like, you know, say we got there at three, we'd leave it like four 30. It was right when the garbage guys were pulling up. And one time we were down there and the garbage guys pull up and they go, Oh, you got to go over to, uh, what's the, what's the park there. Anyway, they tell us to go over to the park okay. there. They go, the rats are fucking. The Chatham Square or whatever, right? Yeah, Chatham Square. He said, yeah. go over to Chatham Square. The rats are fucking. We're like, what are you talking about? It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and we go, what? And he says, come with us. Come with us. 
and the garbage guys take us over to Chatham Square and there's hundreds of rats running around in Chatham Square just trying to grab each other and fuck, 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 really? fuck. And while they're fucking, the, 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 the garbage guys are taking their heavy-duty gloves and beating them to death with their gloves. Whoa. It was completely insane. This is what the whole city is going to turn into if we don't get lions. I don't know. That could be a whole other thing. It could be. Rat, rat fuck murder parlors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So that was got? another good one, Noel. Yeah, thanks. Killing it today. Yeah, hey. Lions was clearly right up your alleyway. Yeah. Right down your pipeline. Yeah. So I was reading about you. You ever have cats, Noel? Uh, when I was a kid. You ever get licked by a cat? Yeah. Their tongues are like sandpaper, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just asking. I just was waiting for a response from you, but that's okay. Um, Yeah. For if anyone's ever had a cat, they know that their their cats lick themselves and they pull up all that hair and it gets caught on their rough tongues and they swallow it and hairballs happen. Well, lions have a rough tongue too, but the lion's tongue is designed... Uh, to be so rough that by using their tongue, they can peel away the flesh of their prey. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and apparently, if the lion licked the back of a human's hand just a couple of times, it would peel away all of the skin. Ugh. Right? That's pretty rough. Yeah. That's rougher than any sandpaper. That's rougher than anything you can imagine. Yeah. And I was thinking about that, like, how can we put that to use? And the other day I was walking by a building that's being repainted Mm -hmm. and they had some of the most toxic shit on this building to peel away the old paint, the stuff called peel away. Yeah. I was watching these guys glopping it on and they were wearing masks that were not, they were, you know, uh, uh, proper like gas mask style masks Uh because they had to be protected from the fumes of this poison. I've used this stuff in my own house trying to get layers of paints off of a door. And I thought I was going to pass out yeah. within the first 15 minutes. This stuff is toxic and it's dangerous. And it's used by almost every house painter to take off old paint because it's the best thing around. Well, this is what I'm going to suggest you do. You're going to get a bunch of lions. You're going to spray houses with meat flavoring. Okay. Then you're going to let the lines go at it and just start licking the old paint off of all of these houses. It's going to take maybe a day yeah. for these lines to lick all of the paint off of these houses. And you've got a perfectly clean and crisply unpainted house ready to go. You're going to make a fortune. Yeah. You could probably stand blast buildings like that, too. Yeah. Oh, all of it. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever you want to do, getting. Yeah. If you want to remove if you want to remove graffiti from buildings, if you want to bring the patina of the building back to its original form, Mm -hmm. you can just put lions on scaffoldings. Yeah. Cover the building in peanut butter. Yeah. Peanut butter, meat goo, whatever, whatever you want. You can just spray, you know, you can get fat melted down really, really cheaply melt it down and then just like animal fat and just spray it all over the buildings. And these these tigers will just start licking like like there's no tomorrow. Yep. You won't even have to tell them where to go. By the end of the day, you have six tigers on an eight-story building. It'll be lickety-split. Make a fortune. Yeah, you would. Anyway, so there you go. You would. That's great. If you want to get in touch with Josh and tell him what a great idea that is, you can get him on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noll. 
You can email them at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. I'm at Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go on iTunes or anywhere you get in podcasts nowadays. Subscribe, rate, review. If you only listen to us in podcast form, we implore you, tune in Saturday nights, 8 o'clock, Radio Free Brooklyn. Get the schemes five days before anyone else. Tune in early, listen to a little art star scene that was right before us, and stick around afterwards and listen to The Circuit, which is about to start in a few minutes. There's a lot of good stuff going on there. You should be listening. Um, you guys, at this point, you got a lot of money in your pocket. What are you going to do? Josh has you covered. Take it away. Send that money! <laughs> hey, Luxers, our most expensive bicycle in the world is this stunner of a mountain bike built by the House of Solid Gold, also called Fat Bike. This bike is handcrafted and covered in 24 karat gold. Every single part of the bike has been coated, and the process to create this gold wonder took 750 hours. The House of Solid Gold, or THSG, has their logo set on the frame surrounded by 600 black diamonds, 6 carats in total, and 500 gold and sapphires. The seat cover is made from superior chocolate brown alligator leather, and each bike comes with the artist's signature, date, and number from 1 to 13, as there were only 13 made, along with its certificate of authenticity. There you go, a million bucks for a bike from yeah. a company that calls itself the House of Solid Gold. Boom. You guys, uh, we have full faith in our ideas that they're going to get you rich. How can you have the faith that we do and know that it's worth taking out loans, racking up your credit cards, spending your kids' college funds? Because Josh scours the internet for rules of getting rich quick, to which you touch our schemes by. Where do they come from this week? Uh, this week, 10 rules to become rich and successful by Atlas Row. Boom. Number one, choose your reality. Choose your reality, right? Uh, is it just a... Uh, cat that escaped from a noble's zoo or is it a bbc where cat where lion uh number two believe and you shall find believe and you shall find right uh you shall find lions being raised in apartments repopulating the world you just got to believe it's possible guys that's right. And so we're two for two, Noel. I do want to say that lycanthropy, by the way, yeah. according to Wikipedia, is only about people turning into wolves. Okay. Um, and on that note, you're definitely getting rich, guys. So once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs> Gonna get rich quick.